Babsy's on, mate. This is this has been this has been something that's been spoken about for a long time. Ever since the podcast came into existence, in my mind, Babsy's been on the top of the list, and he's here finally. Mate. Long awaited. How you doing, mate? Man, not too bad, man. What up with you, man? Out here, you know, we out here. King Richard, King Riches, aka King Bitches. I know that's gonna get some wheels turning, but you know what it is. But yeah, man, a lot. But it's t- true. I mean, shit. I mean, it is what if it truth is. Hurts, if the truth, if, I'm sorry, but I get bitches, and if it hurts your feelings, that's a shame. For right, you. right. Tell them, motherfucking yeah. tell them, man. But yo, um, no that's introduction it. needed. Allow me to reintroduce myself. You know, Babsy, aka the Henny God. I got a list of names that people know me on the street as. The Henny God, aka AD the Ruler, aka Black Adam the Demigod. I gotta keep it humble. Like I'm a part of the, I'm, I'm a part of the human race, but I'm a god too. Gotta keep it like you know. It's like I'm nice, but not that nice. So you, you know what it is. Brother Shabazz, Kareem Akbar, the educated brother from the bank, Lottie Dottie, <laughs> Lewis Rich. This one's gonna make some people turn. A bitches. I mean, come on. And then we got Horse Choker, and then lastly, Orlando Cornelius Brown. Prince Michael Jackson Jr. the third. Mic drop. Now nah, I'm just playing out. I'm just playing y'all. What up with y'all, man? <laughs> no, I mean the facts are the facts. I mean you can pretend you're joking, but we all we know, know we're not. We all know I'm not. Most most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah, mate. So um I mean so I mean I think we should play a game with the people who are listening. I mean, where do they think you're from? New York, right? But where are you actually from? I'm actually from London, so mic check, uh, mic check, mic check, mic drop. Um, yeah, I'm actually from London, so you know, spent. You know, it's funny, right? A lot of people been dogging me for my accent, right? But you see, uh, we're gonna take a trip down memory lane and whatnot. I mean, I've lived in a couple places, especially growing up and whatnot. So I actually learned how to code switch. So I learned. I think. As a kid, I lived in Nigeria for about two years, and I learned how to code switch over there. And I mean, being in and out of New York, it really didn't really take me too. It, re- it really didn't take me too mm-hmm. long to kind of pick things up and whatnot. So that explains that. Before anybody tries to dog me in the comments or some shit. But anyway, feel free to send me a message if you feel some type of way. You'll be fine. Yes. Yeah. Right. I mean, what was it? So you grew up in in London, and then at what age did you go to Nigeria? So um, I was, so I went there for about two years. I was about nine years old, and um, it's a pretty entertaining story. Right? Nine, yeah, yeah. You I, were nine years old. Yeah, yeah, I went, I went by myself. So um, initially, that's nuts, mate. I didn't. I actually thought you were a bit older than that. No, nine. no, I was, I was, I was a kid. I was a legitimate <laughs> kid, bro. So funny enough, yeah, mate. Right, so I was there for about two years, right? And um, I went to, in two separate years. So I went in fourth grade for a year and I was going to school for about a year. I was at like, right. it was like a day school or something where I'd come home and go to school or whatever. And then the second time that I went was in within sixth grade, so year six. And um, you know, after you do your SATs, your SATs and shit, I'm out here thinking, oh, all right, you know, I'm gonna I'm go to middle school or secondary school, my homeboys or whatever is some shit. My mom was like, I see, I come home and all of a sudden my suitcase is, is all out closes in there that that's how they told you so i'm out here thinking oh we're going on vacation right my mom's just like nah you going you know you, you going to do a little taster trip that's how she phrased it right she's like you know you're going to do a little taste of this school in africa or whatever and i'm like oh right, you know i'm gonna go do a trial run and all that and you know i'm gonna come straight back so yeah. we in, we at the airport or something you know i'm flying over i'm like hmm, hmm you know i'll be there you know i'll be back in three weeks it's not so yeah, right I get this. Um, I check out the school. It's like a boarding school, right? And it's like it's like boys. It's like co-ed. So it's like boys and girls. And I'm in I'm in the I'm in the accommodations for the boys, and I'm chilling. And I'm like, yeah, I'm be here for like three weeks or something. And then my mom, she like leaves, and I'm like, all right. So you're gonna be back for me in three weeks, right? And my mom's just looking at me like, yeah, about that. Oh. And she took a flight back to London. <laughs> So when the second time, wait, wait, the time she did that, how old were you then? I was nine or 11. So the first time I went, I was nine. And then like the second time I was 11. 
It's some shit. And right. I was in like a boarding school. So like I was this so three weeks goes by and I'm thinking I'm looking at my mom's like, So when you come pick me up? She's like, I ain't coming back. I'll see you yeah, right. time. And at that point, my, I mean, yeah, go on. I mean, I'm just thinking back to it. Did you have PGL when you were at school? Wait, PG, wait, hold on. You got to explain that. PGL. PGL, it was like this holiday thing they did when we were in year six, I think. And it was like, you just went to France for a week. I remember that being a huge fucking deal. Like being in some like camp for a week in France. I mean, I think about you just having to move school for a year to Nigeria. No. I mean... I mean, actually, let's because I feel like right now people are probably going, "Oh, wow, that must have been tough," you know, or something. But then it's like, okay. Oh man, Where do just I even... explain what was your life like at the school. Oh, just explain man. that a little. All bit. right, so there were there was like two or three other internationals, right? And uh, the other two, they were actually from the U.S. And I'm they were they were older than me, so I think they was like fifteen, sixteen, and I was like eleven, twelve. So I mean. I got to know them eventually and stuff, but I mean, they like 15, 16. The fuck they doing with like a mm. kid or some shit. So, I mean, I got to know everybody and everyone kind of knew me as the guy from London or whatever, some shit. And life got very real in the sense that, you see, when you live in the West or some shit, you got like washing machines, your mother, your, your parents do your clothing for you. I mean, I don't, I don't know how people are doing chores and stuff, but I mean, I was just a kid. I was just going outside to play or whatever, some shit. And, you know, I was, just, I was chilling. But over there, man, you, you you had to wear two sets of uniforms. So one was like a checkered shirt, and you had to wear your whites. And then on top of that, it was a vegetarian school. So, so all these fat moms, all these guys who came to who came and they was fat as fuck, by the time they left at the end of the year, they done lost a ton of weight. I was one of them. Right. So mm. every Tuesday and Thursday, you have to wear your checkered uniform. And then every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you have to wear your white shirt. And it was, it couldn't even be no like dirty ass shirt. You know how sometimes you wear them white shirts and the collar get a little dirty at the back. Yeah, <laughs> your shit had to be clean, son, or you was getting whipped. Like you had to iron your sheets every morning, make sure your bed was laid, and then you see how like you can turn on the shower and you got hot water flowing. I had to go fetch yeah. my bathing water bucket and shit and all that. I had to walk Fuck at least about it. I had to walk about fifteen twenty minutes. And the thing is, the amount of water that you picked, that you had in the bucket, was the amount that you had to shower with. Shit felt like motherfucking mm. jail and shit. You got a bunch of kids all naked and some shit in, in like a shower room or whatever. I was like, oh boy, this is gonna get rough as fuck. But um, I'm pretty sure, like, I'm pretty sure in British prisons they have hot water in the shower. Yeah, I'm not saying that what you you went like your school was a prison or anything like that. I'm, it's like. It's just funny. Like, I mean, right. Actually, in Vietnam, sometimes there's not hot water. So, and actually, once you don't have it, I don't know what you for, but when you don't have it, you very quickly just say, like, whatever. Right, helps, right. Helps have a cold shower. But, but, the, but you're not even having a shower. You're having a bucket. Right, out of bucket. I mean, some shit. So, right. If you don't wash everywhere and you don't rinse off of some shit, you're going to go, you're going you're gonna to walk around with some soap in your ass or whatever, and that's going to be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And then the thing is, is that, right? It was hella crazy because, like, we have to have, like, lockers and shit. And motherfuckers, like, would actually go around breaking into people's lockers, stealing snacks and shit. I don't understand if you're trying to, like, take somebody money or whatever, some shit and all that. I mean, that's bread. You know what I'm saying? You gotta get paid. Yeah. But motherfucker, <laughs> I had, like, a nutrition bar, bro, and somebody done took my shit. I was like, yo, seriously? Y'all, y'all motherfuckers is crazy, bro. But, um... Mm. Life out there, it was, a, it was a lot of discipline, man. Every Saturday, we went to church. So, and you had to wear all white. And we was in church all day. I thought Jehovah's Witness was bad. These motherfuckers was worse. It's some shit. Like, what? So, you would spend, like, when you say all day, you, you actually mean like. I was there all, from like, 9 till 5. What? Like, it was like another job. What are you talking about from 9 till 5? Like, what is there to say between Bro, 9 and I don't 5 know about how many it? Like, times you can say praise Jesus or Jesus to some folk and whatnot. But, yo, it was like 9 till 5 and whatnot, and you had to go in there, and your whites had to be clean. You see, my mother hold me because she got me white denim pants. You see, I had white denim. You know how tough that shit is to fucking hand wash? Oh, no oh, washing man. machines neither. You have to hand wash your motherfucking shit. Mm. You have to hand hey, wash I mean, your shit. 
I mean, look, I mean, I want to say, like, for whatever it's worth, I mean, it should be obvious, but whatever, like, you know, I respect that, you know, like, you know, it, it's easy, you know, sometimes I do think it's, I'm being a bit mad because it's like, look, that's some people's whole lives, you know, washing their own clothes, right. you know, washing machine, they, they wash out of a bucket. And obviously, we're lucky as fuck, really. Right, right, you know, right, we right. We, we, we don't, but... It, it's just nuts because it's like what like one day you were just chilling. It's not something you built yourself up for. Do you right. know what I mean? Like if you knew six months in advance, right? That's gonna be my life here, and at least I can prepare for it. Right. Like, I don't know. I don't know. What would you, would you, do you think it would have been better if you had notice, or was it better in a way just to be like, right, I'm, I'm fucking here? There was than... no way you could have told me. I, look, regardless of how you told me, it would have been an error. Regardless, I'm out here thinking yeah. I'm going to school. I lost friends that year because of that shit. Because people, because I lived in the yeah, projects, right. right? So everybody knew where everybody lived. While I was mm. gone, motherfuckers was coming into my block and knocking on my apartment, asking of me. I didn't come back till like a year later. And like, don't get me wrong, washing your clothes and fetching your own bathing water, there's an element of discipline to that, which is fine. But you see, I'm like mm. 11 years old or some shit from London. The fuck I know about washing, yeah. clo- hand washing clothes and fetching my own bathing water or some shit. Whenever I want to take a shower, right. I just turn on the faucet and I'm nice. You know what I'm saying? Hot water, yeah. baby, and we good. Over there, some shit. You want to yeah. take a shower? Damn, you got to earn that shit. I'm like, mm. oh, fuck. But like it was, it, it was. It, it, <laughs> got wet in it. Right, right. <laughs> if you want to take a good shower, you have to walk with two buckets. You see that? Jeez. Oh, some people like to stay under the shower, some shit. You know, they like to relax and some shit, almost like some ta- sauna type impression. But like, you see, oh. if you want to enjoy that shower a little longer, one that you have to earn that shit because you have to carry another bucket. You have to walk there and walk back with that motherfucker. And, right, long t- like no, right. no short term gratification at that school. Exactly, one hundred percent. There was no, you couldn't eat any meat or whatever. The school was fully vegetarian and all that. Um, mm. Is that it, was that a religious thing? I'm to tell you the truth. Till this day, I can't even really, I can't even determine that because I feel like they were just vegetarian for the sake of being vegetarian. Mm. But honestly, right. like I mean, there are Christians who are vegetarian, but I mean, I don't know if that was their reason or some shit. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like the the. I mean, not this is not a fucking Bible podcast for that, but I do think like Jesus did something with fish or something. I swear. I mean, he broke bread and fish for all the motherfuckers, even Judas. Yeah, he, he was eating fish, him. wasn't he? So right, like if you if your main man's eating fish, it can't be that serious, can right? It? You know what I'm so saying? Like you can't claim it's a like a, an an innately vegetarian religion. That would exactly. be exactly I could argue surely. that, but you know, like yeah. What um do you feel like you gained any, a lot from that? Was it a good? Do you think it like what what are your feelings about it now? You know, I now mean, that you're back well then, past it. Back then, like back then, I'm not gonna lie. It put a barrier between me and my family for a while because I was just like, damn, right. the fuck was I the only one who got sent? Nobody else got sent mm. to that shit or whatever, some shit. So really, nah, it was just me. Like yeah. That's why. That's why now I'm relatively. I'm. I'm way more travel versed than my other siblings. You're the oldest, aren't you? Nah, I got an older sister, and all that. And I she. Mean, ne- so, that's interesting. Is it? Do you think it's because you're a lad? Uh, probably. I mean, the thing is, my sister went for a year once, but she went the first year that I went when I was in fourth grade. She she was there too, mm. but the second time I went, I went by myself, and no one's been there since. When I, I think when I, I was so excited to come back that I prepped my clothes the day I came into Nigeria. The clothes I was going to wear, to leave, I had them on a hanger for like a year. Shit was ironed and everything. Wow. Damn, had my socks out and everything, bro. I was just like, man, this mm. outfit I'm going to wear when I come back or whatever. I, I, I took my Beyblades with me thinking I was going to come back three weeks later. Then Beyblades was... I mean, you make the, you'd make decisions based on that, wouldn't you? I mean, right. again, like, you know, I remember I remember when I was going to Korea, there were things I didn't take because I thought, well, we'll be back in a year. Right. So, I mean, and, and what I'm saying, that's nothing compared to thinking you're going to... Like, when you're going somewhere for three weeks, you're just going on holiday. You know right, what I mean? That's like, you think There's so many things you wouldn't bother taking. That's and then vacation. it's right. like... Right. And then you didn't see him for a year. Didn't. Like, that's... And the year That's felt nuts. it felt like the longest year ever. Like sometimes a year will go past mm. and then it's gone. But this felt like the longest fucking year in the world. I didn't see my father mm. till like a couple months later. I think till like eight months later. I didn't see him till then. My mother, I didn't see right. her till like the following year and some shit. And the thing right. is, is that understandably now, it, looking back, it wasn't that long. 
But the thing is, I'm like 11 years old or some shit. The fuck right. you know about the world? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, everything seems yeah, a lot right. bigger when you were a kid. You know what I'm saying? So, it was... And also, like, I don't want to... Like, do you think it uh, affected the trust you had? Because you said it put a barrier between your family. Do you think that's a trust barrier? Uh, yeah, for a while. But, I mean, you get older and then you kind of understand just the... the the care it, it builds character because there mm. were even times where like you know the rougher days and stuff where you know um whether because you, you 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 were put into rooms and stuff and there was like a room leader and there was a little abuse and power in the sense of how they would move they were like oh we older so we can do whatever we want or some shit or whatever but it definitely mm. it, it allowed me to kind of learn a lot about myself i learned how to code switch hence why my accent is actually different now like, just being yeah. there and kind of, like, immersing myself in that. And then, I mean, it definitely mm. kind of made me sit there and look at my mom's a different way. But being older now, it's definitely kind of, It's the reason why I operate the way that I do now in the sense of being organized yeah. and getting shit done and being a lot more disciplined and stuff. Mm. Because, you know, when, you, when you're there, it, it's relatively militant. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, yeah, yeah. you, you got to make sure shit's done. And on top of that, you have to study every night for two hours. So seven o'clock, it was called prep. They ring the bell. You go into you go into a classroom. You have to study for two hours. If you wasn't studying or you was caught outside, it was like the game bully. You ever played that game bully? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. So you know when you go, in, it's like for example, if you sneak into the girls' dormitories or whatever, it's some shit, and and one of the one of the yeah. instructors catches you, you gonna get in trouble. It was it, it was exactly like that. So you know, mm. if you were caught outside and whatnot, they was gonna whip your ass and they was gonna walk you back. Man, you're going to look stupid. Right, right. So. Oof, I, mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, those two hours, it sounds like it's similar to like, you know, making you work, study till nine. That's like uh, Korean style. Right. right. A little bit. Yeah. Right. Okay. Oh, man. I mean, and then, um, so obviously, I mean, we actually, I mean, we actually met in, in Korea, right? Yeah, boy. Um, yeah. So, I mean, let's start, let's. Move forward a little bit yeah, from yeah, your no childhood doubt, no doubt. and think about that. Um, what a like, what made you want to move to Korea initially? Anyway, I mean, um, funny enough, right? Actually, when I applied to work abroad, I was actually pretty fixed on going to China. One of my guys right. stuff, he had been to, he'd been in and out of China. Relative, he was nice speaking Chinese too, so you know he could he could have he could hold mm. a conversation. And I was like, oh, all right, you know yeah. what? Go go there. You know, I'm gonna get myself some authentic. Chinese food, I'm going to be nice, like, you know what I'm saying? And then when it came to applying for the program and stuff, it was a little sus because um, based on what the uh, criteria was for the um, for the um, qualifications and the certification, the credentials and stuff, and the amount that they were going to pay you, it wasn't really adding up. They were saying one thing, but right. acting, acting in a different fashion. And it kind of yeah. made me sit there and think, eh, I ain't really rocking with y'all. So... Um, I'd mm. done everything for the visa, and I think just before I handed in my visa paperwork, I dropped out. And then um, my homeboy, he even sat there and told me, like, yo, when you decide to come over, work for the company for like a year, and then find a job somewhere else. And he was working for the company, too. And in my mind, I'm thinking, right. well, if he's saying that, I really want to go there and find out. So um, I decided I dropped yeah. out, and then... Um, my boy, he was actually, his sister was actually working in Korea, and she was talking about how much she loved it, and she ain't coming back, and, well, she's clearly back. But, you know, that's a different story. But, um, and then I decided, you know what? Epic sounds kind of nice. Um, You know, they got a real good remuneration package, and don't get me wrong, like, I definitely want to teach abroad and see places and shit, but at the same time, this shit don't come cheap. The world revolves around right. money, and I need to get paid, so... Um, remuneration package wise they were looking pretty nice and pretty solid so i applied for korea and i mean before you know it finally made it in so yeah it took a minute but i finally made it through finally made it through. yeah right mm. and that's the thing like i mean i'm obviously all about fucking living abroad traveling experiencing shit right but you know when you're thinking about where you're gonna live of course you've got to think like you know if you go and live somewhere that you're breaking even. You're not. You, you can never really do anything with that. And but if you go somewhere like Korea, right, where you can save money, where they do pay you decent, right. then you can go to other places. Right. And like, exactly. Or to save your money, you can do both. Basically, you can hit two birds with one stone. Right. So for sure. Right. Like, I mean, it's just 
Yeah, like it, it's such a, a no-brainer when you look at the actual terms of it. Really, I mean, the initial decision to move to Korea. Right, 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 right. Mm. Like, I mean, it was definitely good, like, you know, making the decision to come there anyway and stuff and all that. Like, I felt like there was definitely a better sense of security. Because a lot of times mm. and whatnot, like, look, hey, I'm not even knocking these hogwans and stuff and all that. Like, you can work for a hogwan if you want, but I don't really have time to be, you know, going in and out of court. The hogwans are private school, guys. Oh, yeah. Sorry. There's sorry. that, too. Yeah, sorry. Continue, continue, yeah. So, yeah. So um, I don't really have time to be out here fighting the principal or some shit because you're trying to get me fired and going through all this work politics or some shit, especially when you got my job hanging over my head. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't need that in a foreign mm. country or some shit. There, there's already enough that you have to deal with living abroad and stuff. I don't really have time for you to be fucking with my paycheck, too. Like, that, you're doing a little too much. So I, right. think, I think people who decide to work for Hogwarts, I can understand why. A lot of people want to work in Seoul. They want to work in these bigger yeah. cities and whatnot. And I mean, I feel, I feel you, but at the same time, that ain't me. I need I need a good sense of security, especially employment wise. Mm. Even when yeah. when COVID happened and all that, a lot of these guys, I mean, they were getting half their paychecks. Most of the people, when before right. their contracts finish, most of the time, they bosses be trying to get them fired so that they ain't got to pay them their severance check. And I mean, I ain't trying to be those cats because I'm gonna take if you fuck with my money. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna be like, all right, I see your ass outside, and then we can talk about it outside. Legit, because they're stealing from you, then, aren't they? I mean, right. there's, a, there's a company in Vietnam called uh, a- Apex or Apex, yeah, and um, it's a teaching company, and they're famous because they promised all the teachers would get paid during COVID, yeah, and they owe some of them, as far as I know, like thousands and thousands, potentially up to ten thousand dollars, to my understanding, Oof. and nobody's been paid. And there we go, just like that. And they're never getting paid. They're never getting paid. Do you know what I mean? Like they're never getting paid. They're never getting paid. You know, like I mean, it's one of those. Like I mean, you know, we most people work for private companies. I'm not like I don't. Neither of us are saying you shouldn't get a job at a private company. Thing is, now we I I know people have worked at Good Hug ones, for example. Right. So. It's like it's one of those things when you've left. That's when you have the knowledge to go to find right. the ones that are good. Exactly. But you need to be careful and. Public schools in Korea are definitely a lot safer. And you just yeah. get... I mean, look, there's disadvantages, very clear, like, but they're very transparent disadvantages. You, like, you know, you're probably going to live somewhere that you don't want to live in Korea. Like, in the places you right. live in Korea, you're not going to live where you want. Right. You don't even know where you're going to live before right. you get there. Right. But And, you know, you're, you're probably going to be the only foreigner in the school, so sometimes you might be lonely unless you learn Ooh. Korean or you might feel isolated. Right. But you get... 26 days paid vacation and then on top of that all the red days and then you probably get paid a bit more than right hogwans as well really and then also you get um guaranteed pay and yeah. you get better bonuses i think very so, true very true i mean yeah I, I, I yeah it's one of those like for me if i was ever like i wouldn't tell myself to do anything different even though yeah i, I understand the, the appeal of living in seoul exactly and I mean, um, I mean, ain't nothing wrong with working for a hogwan and stuff and all that. But just understand that one, you gotta, you gotta walk with a chip on your shoulder too. And on top of that, mm. I don't really have time to constantly be watching over my shoulder, um, you know, while working and dealing with the other issues that come along when you work in a foreign country. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, right? I mean, There's already a lot you gotta worry about. Right. That's the thing, man. And I feel like a lot of people tend to underestimate. Uh, just the potential issues that can come up and you could end up dealing with when you go out there versus just seeing how people operate versus doing it yourself mm. and all that. So Right, well, that's it. I mean, some people, I think I think some people worry too much and some people worry too little, don't they? Right, right. Like, like some people worry too much and they don't do, they don't go even though they want to. Mm. When in reality, you know, as long as you have like, enough money to fly home it's not really much of a risk really and but the reward's go. higher than the risk right right but you have to be careful on the other side because like some people just carelessly pick a hog one don't do any research like a private school don't do any research before they go right take the first job they get offered right i mean you, you're kind of on the one-way ticket there aren't you i mean you know you you've got to be careful you've got to check you know and you've just got you've just got to be vigilant really haven't you and, and you know some people get unlucky. Right. But 
you know, yeah, for sure. You hear a lot of Hogman, like private school horror stories in Korea. Though. Oh, man. Really do. Some of them be nasty, man. And, you know, they do. You just don't want to They'll get find caught. a way to try and not pay you. That's right, the key. Right, right. Because you get a bonus at the end of the year. Basically, the government, illegally, the government say after 12 months of working at a job, uh, for people who don't know, you know this, but people yeah. who don't know, you do 12 months at a job, and then the, you they legally have to pay you a month whenever you leave the job. Right. So for every year you do, they owe you a month when you leave. Yeah. Um, And these, some of these, what they'll do is after three, literally 364 days, they'll call the police on you to get you removed from the school, just randomly, and be like, yeah, they they threatened me. Right, they'll they'll and find then, any means to like you know to to basically throw you out, throw the throw you out of your contract, and when that mm. just so that they can avoid paying you. And I mean, look, dealing with cops in the West is already more than enough. Ain't nobody got time to be dealing with these cops in Korea too. You know what I'm saying? Like it's way too much, man. Right, for real, for real, so mm. real. So we both taught public schools. You must have taught at least. Probably well over 10 public schools in Korea oh, during man. your time. One too many. You know, both elementary and middle schools. Right. Um, just what were you, What was your experience of teaching in public school in Korea? Uh, honestly, um, so I'll break it down. So working with the kids, I mean, you got some real nice kids, man. Like kids who actually like learning English, kids who are like well behaved mm. and stuff, they engage with the games, they, they see you on they see you on the street or they see you in the hallway, they're like, Hi teacher, oh how's your day? Or you know, they do whatever they they, they, they read the dictionary before they hit you up. They like they get the best English swag on point. And they're like, Yo, I, ooh, I just got my swagger back like and they just come at you real crazy. They're like, uh, how are you? And you're like, I'm fine. How are you? It's like, me too and then the conversation's over. But, like, right. a lot of the time, like, they, they were some real nice kids, man. And, you know, a, a lot, like, you know, just prepping those lessons and whether... And for me, I always did a variety of games and stuff, whether it was, like, you know, musical chairs or Kahoot or the the PowerPoint, the bomb games or whatever and stuff. And, you yeah. know, to, to see that they resonated with the content and stuff definitely made me happy and stuff. And it definitely made teaching a lot more enjoyable. Um, the middle schoolers, you get a lot of middle schoolers. Sometimes some of them be doing a little, some weird shit sometimes. Like I'll be like, yo, mm. doing a little too much, yeah. my man. Like, you know, calm down. You know, the English dictionary forever. Like it's not going nowhere. <laughs> but like, but like, and then some of them, like, I mean, um, the, the guys, I feel like they would definitely, um, they would, I think they would definitely tell you a little too much about what they was up to and stuff and all that. Um, and then, and then the ladies, they they were cool too and stuff and all that. They was always curious about what you was doing and stuff. And then a lot of them, they would they they were real smart kids too. You could tell that they studied and they 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 actually wanted to be in the class. Now, mm. in terms of the co-teachers and stuff, I mean, I ain't gonna go into no details and all that. But I mean, there were some co-teachers who like they were very. For example, my last co-teacher and stuff at a uh, well, uh, ESO Elementary and stuff. Super cool, super cool teacher. She literally, she that was her classroom. I just showed up three times a week, even though we co-taught. And for the most part, right. she was very like she was very OCD in regards to how she did shit. She was like, okay, I bet this is my half, this is your half. It was funny because yeah. she barely spoke a word of English. Like, and I'm like, mm. how the fuck did you even get this job or some shit? But she knew enough English to the point where she could correct grammar. If you can correct grammar in another language and whatnot, clearly you know well enough. But in terms of speaking, she wasn't even she wasn't that great at speaking. It was funny because mm. even the vice principal was telling me that shit. It's like, yeah, when I hired her, she can talk a word of English to shit. I was like, so why'd you hire her? Like, she's like, because right, she's correct I mean, English. And I was like, you know what? Well, At least you're honest. <laughs> well, that that's the thing. Like, um, I, I mean, the Korean English system. You know, a lot of those kids, when it came to reading, writing, they were excellent. Right. But Korean society, it's like based on perfectionism, isn't it? And right. you're speaking and listening, it's particularly speaking, you have to show, demonstrate, even when you're not good. Right. And right. that's something that doesn't, isn't really compatible with Korean society. Um, and that obviously leads to like our exact, our, most of our experiences being difficult. I mean, obviously, you know, the kids, I mean, I, I had great, I was really lucky, like, especially with my um, last year in Korea. Right. Uh, I had four schools, and three of them were fantastic schools. Yeah. Like, just brilliant. Like, I couldn't, 
I couldn't say anything bad about him if right. I tried. Right. Um, so I mean, but I mean, co-teachers were always a roll of the dice, weren't they? Yeah. I mean, I feel, and, and that really will dictate as well how your kids are. Anyway, I mean, you know, I, I had the school that was bad. It was bad because the co-teachers were bad, which meant that the kids were bad because they could get away with it. Right. And it's like this domino effect, isn't it? Right. But if a co-teacher's good, if they've got the setup correct and the kids know how to behave, right. and then the co-teacher stays in class, right. that's a completely different experience. Right. That, that's the thing and stuff. And I mean, I definitely agree with you, man, because the thing is, the schools mm. that I went to, they weren't even bad and shit. They were like, I had, for the most part, my schools were all great. But then mm. what determined whether the kids were good or not was whether the co-teacher wasn't wasn't even proactive in the classroom, but whether the co-teacher was actually there. You know what I'm saying? Because mm. for the most part, in my mind, I'm like, I don't need your ass. Like, you know what I'm saying? I can teach this in myself, but I do need you to manage these kids because, you know, the moment they don't see right. that you actually did, they're going to start acting out. And, you know, all of a sudden and whatnot, it's really it's really a tug of war between me and the kids. And I mean, ain't nobody got time for that. Mm. But outside of that, like, the kids were great, um, you know, especially at my Tuesday school where I had, like, six classes and stuff. And for the most part, the teachers left me to do what I wanted to do and stuff. And, you know, it was a great time and a great experience. That That's what I love. Like, because if, if you've got it on point, I loved it when the teacher would just be like, that, this is your class. I can see that you're somebody who takes this job seriously and you want to do best by the kids. Mm. And once they saw that, when they'd, like, just respect me. Right. And, like, allow me to, you know to do the class right like you know it was it, it was a great feeling you know like you yeah so yeah that was like such a massive thing and sometimes I do think like some of the maybe at the time because of covid and like because you know we were all quite isolated at the time you were already isolated for example socially I'm sure we'll get onto yeah. that but I mean, everyone during COVID was isolated. Right. Any foreigner was because right. you know you were isolated at school, and then you went home, and you could only meet with two or three people. Right, right. Um, when you think about that, like you know, just the negative experiences were more amplified, at least for me. And then, but when I look back in retrospect now, I, you know, some of my co-teachers were so amazing. Right, I mean, just right. brilliant, and you know, like, uh, and I still keep in contact with a couple of them. Wow, you, um, you're better than me. Worried up, but yeah, no, I'm not. But, but uh, yeah, but um, I mean, actually, let's uh, the social scene in Korea. You, uh, I think it's fair to say, you know, it was a more, one of the, probably the more difficult Ooh. things for you, right? God damn, that was an L, bro. Like, it's not even more difficult. That was a straight L, bro. I ain't gonna lie to you. Like, I mean, I feel like the the, the social setup in Korea is fixated for a specific demographic. And I feel like I didn't mm. fall into that category for the most part. And to tell you the truth, I realized that I did White women. Yes. <laughs> like, sorry, I just I just feel like <laughs> your specific demographic we're talking about is white women. Okay? <laughs> like, are you hearing me? Don't worry, don't worry. White man. women, don't worry, okay? They listen, they listen, they hear that. They hear all of that. But, like... And to tell you the truth, right, irrespective of like white women and stuff, I feel like the social setup was just more was more women dominated. You know what I'm saying? Mm, to the point sure. where, yes, there were dudes, but they were a different capacity of dudes. <laughs> so, like, right. I mean, I'm I'm I tell you what, we just I'm just going to be specific because why not? I mean, look, ah, fuck it, why not? You only I one. respect everyone's got different opinions, right? But if you're a lad and or anybody, and you're just acting like woke, but you just they're just chatting absolute bollocks, right? right and the right. and basically there were people there who were you know trying to be super woke, but in reality they were worse than us by miles, incomparable. Like they didn't respect anybody; they didn't even respect themselves. Right. And there's right. one person in particular I'm thinking about. And I don't, yeah, I don't want to turn to a bitching sesh, but. This person, to give context to people who are listening, was the epitome of somebody who said one thing and did the complete other. And, you know, was happy to correct my language if I made a joke that he thought was inappropriate about women. But actually, it turned out that he made a lot of women physically uncomfortable. That That's that's right. And, I, and the thing is, that yeah. I feel you with that 100%, man. And, like, you know... 
the, th the thing that really irked me, right, was that I think a lot of the times, like, you know, even, for example, when you when you first, when you even touched down in Korea and stuff and all that, I was like, mm. I remember when all the ladies came up to you and they was just like, yo, Rich, uh, welcome, you know, you know, hope we can make you stay real comfortable and stuff. And, you know, um, if you need anything, just hit us up and whatnot. And I remember I pulled up on your door and I was just like, I'll highlight you after the ladies are done. <laughs> 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 and then yeah. I sat there and I was just like, don't go after him. Because I can tell you now, you, it's going to be trouble. And then like... Right, well, I mean, that's it. I mean, yeah, 100%. And um, actually, it's funny, really, because I do feel like during my time in Korea socially, I, I experienced a lot, learned a lot. Right. And some of the things I thought I've learned, I've actually thought back on and gone, actually... I don't even like, you know, I I think a few of the. A few, here's the thing, right? Let's think more broadly for a second, if you don't mind. Right, yeah, yeah. You I think some people travel because they want to experience new things, right? right, right I think right. me and you fall into that category. Yeah. I think also people travel because there's opportunities to earn more money and save yeah, yeah, money. Of course. I think we both fall into that category too. Yeah. Some people travel, they might present themselves as people who want to you know experience new things you know they're adventurers right but right, actually right. they have serious psychological issues and rather than dealing with them internally they believe that by changing location around them somehow that's going to solve the issue right but what happens right. is enough of them get together and before long they all convince each other that the normal people Right. Like me and you, right? Are actually the ones causing the problem, and but, but if you, yeah, and you know what, it it's a reality of life. You know, you you there are people running to things, and there's people running away from things, right? And and mm, you meet a lot of people running away from things, right? A right, lot of people, right? And it's like that's most people that I met. It always seemed like they were running away from some shit, like you know what I'm mm. saying. And then like on top of that. It just felt like the 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 social agenda was just it was just all women dominated or some shit. So half the time, mm. like I I can actually be a relatively social guy. People who know me know I actually socialize or some shit or whatever. But people thought I was antisocial because of how I was moving. But I didn't really have a choice but to move like that. Like and the way my social setup was set up and whatnot, it wasn't that I never got invited to shit. I always got invited to shit. I just chose never to show up. Like, whenever you and you, Emma, and Victoria and the rest of y'all cats will go on y'all weekends or some shit or whatever, some shit, sometimes, like, yeah. I'd show up a little bit and then I'd leave after, like, five, ten minutes or some shit. Or, you know, um, when Hunt invited me to, to, um, to his uh, performance and stuff and all that, I ain't gonna lie, a lot of, some of them cats over there was a bunch of losers. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. Like, and, and the thing is that there was, like, a tiny demographic of people that I met out there that I still fuck with till today where I'm just like, all right, y'all was nice folk or whatever. And I think as time went by, I began to kind of just narrow down who I ended up chilling with and all that. Like, because a lot of the time people spend time there and they're either trying to impress the Koreans or, or trying to show how woke or politically correct they can be or whatever. And for the most part, that ain't me. I mean, all I want to say with that is like, you know, sometimes in life you just have to ask yourself, Am I, I might be surrounded by people who are telling me one thing it doesn't necessarily mean it's true no 100 percent. and i mean um just even a lot of the time like it you know when you're in a situation like that and you're kind of almost stuck you kind of got to mm. find ways to adapt around it and stuff and all that to the point and for me i i ended up having to adapt to it where for the most part i never really showed up for social events and whenever i did everybody knew me as a five minute guy i get there right. and i'll be gone in five minutes mm. you can ask anybody yeah. on whatnot yeah, I mean, I remember it. I remember right, it right, right, right. They'd be like, yo, you got to come to the bar, man, or something. You're going to chill with something. And it's just like, it was just, nah, it, I'm like, nah, this ain't it. It's like when somebody's right. rapping and they're doing like a cypher and they step back and they're like, damn, I just dropped the bar of the year. And in my mind, I'm like, nah, that ain't it. Like, that, that was, yeah, right. That, that was my, my brother. That was whack. <laughs> Do better. Like, you know what I'm saying? And like, you know. It like if if you like I would put it out there right if you like politically correct or you you love K-pop and stuff I think you you'd probably be fine 
chilling with a lot of the other <laughs> sorry i just got that. it's just funny because it's like you know if you're politically correct i mean it's beyond that yeah I it mean, is beyond yeah, that yes it's 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 way past politically correct i mean in my you, opinion. you're like, like you're not even wrong like i am gonna lie do you miss kimchi uh, I, th- I think i tried kimchi once and then like i gotta <laughs> lie to you i was naive as fuck i tried kimchi once right and i saw it in the picture and it looked like it tastes like spaghetti sauce tried that shit that shit was garbage i was like ugh it should taste like ass, bro. Like, I... What about... Not, not um, my fault, though. What food do you miss the most? Do you miss uh, any food? Oh, man. I ain't gonna lie. That galbi, definitely. Yes. And those fucking barbecue spots. Them motherfuckers were hitting. Mm. Them joints were Yes, I, I mean... I ain't gonna lie to you, man. Like, that was a... Uh, I'd say that... I definitely... I definitely miss having kimbap. I, I miss being able to go to mm. the, um, the local Korean spots and just getting the cheap-ass meals or some shit that them yeah like um mm. the chicken places 100%. i definitely miss those and stuff i think oh yeah like for me right a lot whenever i tell people about korea and stuff or people or people look at me they're like man you got such a negative opinion of korea or some shit today's dude like i think my 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 opinion of korea is definitely balanced in the sense that there were definitely negatives that i didn't fuck with i think i tend to share those a lot more than i share the positives there are definitely mm. positives that had happened to me. Like I learned a lot about myself while being out there. Um, yes. I met, I actually, within the, within the garbage line of folk that I encountered and stuff, I actually met some pretty solid people out there. People that i talked to, to the, till this day. Like, you know what I'm saying? Even, I mean, yeah, I don't talk right. to them every day, but I mean, I check in on motherfuckers and I'm like, yo, what up with y'all? Like, you know, what y'all motherfuckers into? Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. And like I think the convenience that Korea offered and the sense of hmm environmental security. And with that I'm I'm talking like safety or some shit or whatever. Like in London, yeah. I mean, a lot of the time I walk with a chip over my shoulder. Like, you know what I'm saying? You could you yeah, could order yeah. shit from like coupon. Coupon is like the it's like a delivery it's like an Amazon, but it's it delivers food too, for those who don't know. I could order that shit. I could order something Sunday morning, like before 7 a.m., and it'd be at my house by like 5 p.m. That was yeah, crazy. right. You know what I'm saying? And like that was right. Yeah, like you're leaving work at work at like seven o'clock or something, and you open your door, and the delivery you'd ordered seven hours ago is there. Right. I mean, it's insane. Yeah, like and um, yeah, like I I think Korean food's incredible. I absolutely oh man love Korean food, and actually one of my this is something that I do point out because obviously people have heard some negative stuff there. It's like, I've, I also met some fucking brilliant people right. in Korea, like uh, including some amazing Koreans who I'm still friends with. And um, also, you know, I think part of maybe the negativity on my part comes from like COVID, which led to isolation, which means that I so and pretty much my, the, like, I think I spent four, three months in, in Korea before COVID. Yeah, so, yeah, I remember that. Like, you know, and then I left and we still were legally required to wear masks outside. Right. Outside. So, you know, I never really experienced the real Korea as in the Korea without COVID. Um Man. and also, you know, some other stuff happened there that you know, it's all associated in, in that life. Right. But in reality, you know, when I actually think retrospectively your food was great, you know, uh I, I actually really enjoy the, the drinking culture there as well, like uh, you know, yeah. soju is so cheap. Right, it's funny. Right, right, Do you know what I mean? Right. Uh, and I think, like, you know, I'd I'd be interested to go back at some point and see what it's like when it's a bit more chill, you know, and not everyone's as stressed out about COVID. Honestly, I mean, yeah, I mean, just picking up on top of that too. I mean, um, I mean, in terms of my, I didn't really make any Korean friends. I mean, I'd met Koreans mm. there, but I wouldn't go as far to sit there and say that they were friends and stuff. Like, I mean, I don't. I never had any of their numbers. They, it, it seemed more like they were friends with me out of like a tokenism type thing or whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? But it right. was like, oh, damn, this is like my black friend or whatever and stuff. Uh, Hip hop. And they just say random culture shit just to sound relevant and stuff and all that. Right. But um, they, they were nice. Well, what about that interview? What about that interview you had for your renewal? And they were like, they said to you, 
Do you rap? Oh my god, bro! <laughs> I, I, I literally like, bro. Like, I'm. Let me let me tell the story, right? So every year you got to do like a renewal interview, right? Where you know you get interviewed by probably two, mostly three people and stuff, and they just talk to you about like you know teaching etiquette and how you teach or whatever. And super easy if you flunk. I know one person who did. Lame, um, and all that. Honestly, it's a, it's the easiest interview of my life literally. without a doubt literally. i've had more difficult i've had more difficult chats with friends do you know what i mean right right tell them tell them and um i remember they were asking me questions right and for the most part i mean i grew up in the project so for the most part i tend to be unapologetically myself and I, i'm a hood right. I, I was born in the hood and i mean i mean i'll be doing no street shit or whatever but like you know we we move and act in in a different way and I remember I was talking to some, right? And I'm just chilling or whatever. And then, you know, the lady was like kind of bumping her head or something, like, like, like you hear the bass of a record or something. And she was like, yeah, you sound like you like to flow. Uh, do, do you rap? And, you know, I got a lot of you. I kind of sat there and was like, I wanted to say, yes, yes, I do. And I would have started barring just like that. But... I literally had that. I literally had two people in two different interviews ask me that shit, and I sat there and I was just like, R- two, huh, two, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like two. I had that two years in a row, bro. Wow, bro. Like I'll just be talking to something or whatever. And then the craziest part, right, is that the, the way that I talk when I'm with my friends or some shit, and the way that I'll be talking in interviews, I think the only difference is that one is just like there's like profanity in one and there's no profanity in the other. Like you know what I'm saying? But for the most part, I'm just myself. Like, and I mean. You can't really be mad at somebody being themselves and all that, especially if they if they if they are talking in a fashion where they know what they're doing. So a lot of time and stuff, like I feel like a lot of people kind of go and they suited and booted and they they start talking off formalist some shit, like they go into like an interview mm-hmm. at like Goldman Sachs and some shit. But like for me, I was just myself or whatever, and they just be like, "Yeah, do you like to rap?" And I'm like, oh, "I guess we're going through this again, huh?" Um, yeah. Well, like the that. truth is, the truth is. Tefl is um, Tefl is one of those things where, to be honest, it's actually not like I actually thought the first couple of interviews I did in life. Like I've done two interviews, and what I've realised now right. is for two different Tefl jobs. I think Epic, the public school companies, yeah. and then um, and then now in Vietnam. And what I've come to realise is, if you're like just a normal person, you're gonna get the job. I mean, because it's not, it's not the. They're literally just trying to find out if you're a gimp. That's pretty much right, all they're trying to find right. out. Like, you know, you don't even, you know, everything else will come into place. Like, you know, if right. you just convince them that you care about the kids. And this is for Epic. In Vietnam, the standard's even lower. The standard is, oh, would you snap. hit a child? Do you know what I mean? Like, that's the standard for Vietnam. Oh, snap. Yeah, so it's one of those, but... Yeah, I mean, the yeah, but... But not like um, it was. Would you recommend? What would you say to somebody who wanted to move to Korea? Like what someone said to um, you, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of moving to Korea. What what would be your response to that? Um, I would say honestly, go for it. I mean, you definitely, mm. you you definitely gotta know your worth also, in the sense that mm. understand what quality you 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 want to have around you in regards to the people that you keep around you too. Mm. You will meet some pretty trashy motherfuckers. Like, I met some motherfuckers out there that you would probably see on the internet. And then I met some other cool folk where I'm just like, yo, I actually, I actually, I, I rock with y'all real crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? So understand mm. the quality of people that you keep around you. And can I, can I actually add to that? Sorry. Yeah. When I, I was actually thinking about this the other day yeah, about man. when I first started traveling, what I, I expected everybody to be exactly the same as me. Like, oh, yeah, they're all travelers, they're all people on the same you know, like, lifestyle. So I'm just going to meet so many people who I can relate to and have a similar mindset right. to. It, it, what You just realize it's, like, you know, whatever reason you're going for is not the reason everyone else is going for. Right. And that becomes really obvious, actually, quite quickly, doesn't it? Nah, right. And I mean, just in addition to that, too, you're not wrong, man. I mean, you, you meet a lot of people mm. out there, and, you know, everybody got their own agenda and stuff and all that, but... yeah quality quant the amount of friends doesn't equally relate doesn't isn't really won't really satisfy the level of loneliness you could feel while being out there 
it comes down to the quality yeah. of the people that are around there. Because a lot of people, they come there and they just they just vary to themselves. And I mean, if that's you, that's fine and stuff and all that. But sometimes I think I went in with the wrong conviction thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to meet a bunch of open-minded motherfuckers. Because, I mean, traveling is an open-minded thing. Like, it takes a lot for people to kind of travel and go to another country and experience a different culture and stuff and all that. And to tell you the truth, everybody's relatively to themselves for the most part. And mm. all that, like, to the point where while I was in Korea, I had to find other things that I liked just to kind of satisfy my time because socially it was, it was, I, I had friends over there that I could hang out with, but it got toxic for me because I had to start hanging out with people on a one-on-one tip. Like I had, I had, I had two lady friends and stuff and all that who I was hanging out. I, I had two of my homegirls or something or whatever that I was hanging out with and whatnot. And it'd be three of us. And because it just, just, there was just no, no, not really any dudes to really chill with and stuff and all that. I couldn't even chill with both those guys anymore. Like at the same time, I had to kind of do it one on one. And then I had right. to find other things, other hobbies to kind of pick up and all that. And I mean, mm. I managed to make it work and stuff. But, you know, when you come from a different place and whatnot, not everybody really has the same mindset as you. So be wary of that. And honestly, I'm just yeah. vet people very carefully before you start getting involved with people because you'd be surprised what people can pull out their ass for real right so, yeah that's it for sure i'm i couldn't agree more really i mean you just gotta be careful yeah and then you know i mean again it's one of those things i always think like it's difficult to know how much in retrospectively how much was covid how much was you know like like if covid hadn't happened would certain events had been dealt with differently with a right. occurred. it's difficult to know because i think everybody was also really going through some like <laughs> like it's everyone was isolated everyone was a bit like legitimately depressed waking right. up tired after 10 hours sleep sort of situation and right. that was i think covid as well because you just weren't talking to people you were just lonely and you didn't right. even know it a lot of i right. didn't even realize how bad it was at the time it's only right. now that i understand fully I have a good opinion of Korea, really. And if someone said to me they were going to go, I'd say definitely go. Just be ready for, yeah. like... I talk about the stuff that I went through, but, like, I'd just say to them, you know, at the end of the day, be aware of those people. And then if they're causing you much of a problem, just don't talk to them. You'll find people eventually who you like. I mean, you know, you've just got to be comfortable with sometimes spending a fair amount of time alone. And then, yeah, you know, if you're fine with that, you'll... And But that's what traveling is in general to an extent. Like, you know... On the most days in Vietnam now, I I love living in Vietnam. I fucking love right. it. But what do I do? I get Vietnamese food. I, you know, I go. I might I might go for a run. I might you know, uh, watch TV. I might you know go for a walk. I might meet some friends and get food and drink or go to work. What do these? What does this all sound like? It sounds like day to day life. You're just changing it to a different place. You just listened to an episode with me and Babzi. That was the first one of two. I'm really excited for the second one to come out next week, and I hope you enjoyed this one. The next one's going to be more thematic, so we're going to talk about Babzi's art Instagram page, and we're also going to be talking about other things, like for example, how to prioritize things in your life and not let things that shouldn't have too much influence in your life start to become bigger problems than they really should be. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed that and see you next week.